Chicago, November 2017. It was snowing when I got the L early in the morning, and still dark. I checked my weather app. 29 degrees. Exciting. I couldn't remember the last time I'd felt 29 degrees. My California rain boots were crunching on this newly laid ground. My too thin California jackets barely keeping me warm. Those orange and white striped fingerless gloves from India, 2009. And you, wrapped around my neck, pulled up just over my mouth, directing my warm breath to my lips and cheeks. You were soft like cashmere, blue, brown, green tartan, perfect length, not too bulky. But you're gone now. Um, not because you died a natural death. We should have been threadbare together in our old age. But you're gone because I'm a coward. I left a note admonishing the bartender at the place I stopped for lunch for talking to a woman like that. But I couldn't really face him. I hurried out, forgetting you, until the cold slapped my face so hard I could almost hear my flesh turn pink. I needed you, but I couldn't go back. So I left you alone with that man. You deserve so much better.
You are listening to Shadow Time on BFF.fm. I'm Lily Sloan, and welcome to today's show, which is all about grief. Um, I'm calling it Good Grief, I guess kind of as a play on the phrase good grief, Um, partly because I think as painful and messy as grief is, it's so important and it's so unavoidable and kind of like a vital part of the human experience. And I was um, inspired to make today's show about grief because on Sunday, um, Mimi Parker, the vocalist and drummer of the band Low, you just heard their song Fly from Double Negative, um, died of ovarian cancer, which she'd been um, dealing with since 2020. They even put out their album Hey What in the midst of that. And uh, she's only 55 and her music, um, their music and her singing have just really meant a lot to me the last couple of years. And even though they've been around and making music since the early 90s, it's just incredible. Um, they've come more into my life in the last couple of years and have meant a lot. And so I wanted to share their music. I wanted to share some of my thoughts about um, her singing and about grief in general and also how it kind of intersected with my own um, reflections on grief after my grandmother died recently. And I think grief is a pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty universal topic. Um, earlier in the intro, I shared a little, a kind of sillier angle on grief, I guess, about um, a scarf that I lost that I miss and wish I hadn't lost. I really, I really do. I hope someday to find a scarf as good as that one. I think I stole that from an ex-boyfriend, honestly. Those are the best scarves, right? So today I'm going to share um, a piece that I made reflecting on Mimi Parker and reflecting on my grandmother and grief and death in general. I'm going to share some voice memos that I got from from lovely, wonderful people and um, share a series scattered throughout of poems by my dear friend Emily Jern Miller, who wrote just this incredible poetry um, when her father died. And he is another person who meant a lot to me. And he died when we were in our mid-20s and it um, of leukemia. And um, Emily's poems really capture her experience so beautifully. So I'm going to actually share one of those with you right now and then move into some more low. Um, Just fair warning, that's the only music today, except in small areas where I composed something to accompany um, other, other sounds. So here's Emily with After a Tragedy. After a tragedy. When asked to think of a bridge, most people visualize a suspension bridge, water unimportant. I am failing at telling the story of your death. 
lichen-danced, foam-drenched, chantilly specimens cling near bull kelp. Miniature crabs, the color of clarinets, fold their sharp ink deep to stone's draft. Anemones. On the hill, a herd of tulies attend to the grass's broken syntax. I want to touch the membrane softening antlers into mossy glory. My face is full of fog. What do I know of anything? Below the historic dairy, the waves smash carelessly, tangling and untangling the spelling of no one's name but their own. Here I go, being dramatic. There is no bridge, just a rumpled curve of cloud spanning east to west that I try to capture on my phone.
I just put on Lowe's album, Ones and Sixes. Mimi Parker, vocalist, drummer half of the mostly husband-wife duo, died Sunday of ovarian cancer. She was 55. Lowe put out 18 albums between 1994 and 2021. I'm now working my way backwards through their discography. Is this the right way to grieve, to work my way backwards in time? I wonder what really determines the intensity of grief from one loss to another. In the moment, it can be baffling, but I can usually make some sense of my grief response eventually. Like how I felt more impacted when Travis, a fellow middle school classmate, suddenly dropped dead of a heart attack compared to when my grandfather, who I didn't see often and who was already old and prone to heart problems, suddenly dropped out of a heart attack at 73, within a week or two of Travis's death. They were different, one earth-shatteringly shocking and close, one mildly shocking and far away. But these deaths also compounded grief transferring from one place to another, like a single spirit possessing an array of bodies and objects. I remember the coffin being carried through the Catholic Church in my Northern California hometown and crying with my 13-year-old classmates. It was completely new to me and tragic and bizarre. He was a regular kid, funny, lively, a bit of a jerk sometimes. I remember the food at the memorial for Grandpa Jack back in New York. His wife, Emmy, from the Philippines, had laid out an exquisite spread of food I was afraid of, the fish with eyeballs still attached. I don't think I tried any of it, and I was so hungry. Even then, I felt shame for this reaction, and now for mostly forgetting her. In the time I knew Emmy, she took me, raised in a secular Jewish-ish hippie family, to a Catholic church once or twice when I was little. I loved the ritual of lighting candles for the dead. I lit one for my sister Jessica, who died as a baby before I was born. It felt empowering to do something and to imagine I could connect with her through the firelight, empowering in the way that witchy stuff can be. About a week ago, I felt empowered again, standing over my grandma's open grave with a shovel. I wondered if I was maybe too enthusiastically shoveling dirt into the hole after the family began to disperse. Honestly, I was almost giddy when they let me do it. There's a traditional Jewish ritual where loved ones use the shovel to place a small amount of dirt onto the coffin or, in my grandma's non-traditional way, the capsule containing her urn. First, with the backside of the shovel to signify reluctance to say goodbye, and then another little scoop on the regular side of the shovel to signify acceptance. This was touching, each of us lining up to awkwardly do a thing we mostly don't do, and some of us were just learning about for the first time. Like lighting the candles at the church, I felt a little reverence and magic in this action, 
But I think my body wanted to do something more physical. I don't know what to call that urge. Digging, gardening, burying. I buried my grandmother. I'm glad I wore my hardy boots. It's hard to differentiate the past month of Halloween episodes from what this radio show already does every week. I understand that for some people, keeping death contained in the occasional ritual or holiday is the only thing even a little bit tolerable. Maybe it's a sign I'm so afraid of it that I talk about death so often, sometimes with reverence and sometimes as a series of dark jokes. Even still, when it comes for real, it's just a complete mess of feeling and non-feeling, no stage to master, no sentiment that feels useful. If there was a quantifiable grief scale, and it was possible to disentangle discrete griefs from one another, I'd say Mimi Parker's death is hitting me harder than my grandmother. Or maybe the grief spirit got transferred to a place I could more easily process it. I've never met Mimi. She exists as a haunting, mournful voice, breaking through abrasive distortion. Sometimes a sound I want to be completely absorbed by, and sometimes a sound, a feeling, I want to run away from. Lowe's music feels like grief itself. Confronting and comforting me at the same time. As someone who's been watching his best friend battle cancer and ultimately succumb to it, I feel like an expert in saying that grief is a raggedy bitch that sometimes you just have to deal with. You're listening to Shadow Time on BFF.fm. I'm Lily Sloan. That was um, my friend Al who um, has lost a friend to cancer recently and 
he told me that over text, the thing about grief being a raggedy bitch. And I said, hey, can you maybe send that to me in a voice memo? And he very kindly did. So thank you, Al. Al is the host of my go-to um, podcast for just incredible um, change-making, um, long-form investigative journalism, and that's Reveal from the Center for Investigative Reporting. Um, and so much of the work he does involves a tremendous amount of grief, I think, and just kind of hearing about the experience of reporting the kinds of stories he does. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a lot to hold all the things. Um, before that was um, more, or was, yeah, was more <laughs> from uh, Hey What Lowe's most recent album from 2021. And that song really, really deeply impacted me when it came out and I love the music video. I recommend checking it out. It just kind of became my anthem during the pandemic like this, like it's like, it feels like the angry part of grief to me and this like shouting at the sky, <laughs> like why? <laughs> and that felt correct. Um, I'm going to give you more poetry now before more music. So here once again is Emily Jern Miller with Soledago. I've never stepped inside a room full of wolves and today has nothing to do with the very cells brewing danger from dust. You know, your hands looked healthy holding the wheel steady on that morning drive through Two Rock Basin. Windows down, hair buzzing with new growth. I've heard a bit of debris can travel through space for years and little is altered. Marvelous. Your fingers tapping ivory, splitting cedar from the yard, clipping worthy stories from the news. I had no idea blue could mean torn iris, blistering a brain. The sun on your face, earliest goldenrod. What you are breaking now tightens a knot of tendon and pulse. Through clouds, slabs of light, the leaves below illuminated.
and I'm okay with grief. Between mid-2008 and mid-2011, my grandma died, my dad died, my mom died. And so did one of our family's dogs. For years, my grief was overwhelming and suffocating, and it profoundly changed me. For a long time, I was angry about those changes, and I longed for at least some semblance of my before life. But as I healed and did the work to rebuild, I realized that the change may be the whole point of grief, to hopefully get to a point at the other side where I'm healthier and happier despite some really brutal life experiences. But mostly, in the depths of my grief, I wanted a hug and somebody to tell me it would all be okay. And now, more than a decade later, I can say that it will be, that I am. But grief is a process, and it doesn't work in the same way for everyone. I screamed and cried and ate ice cream, lots of ice cream, and that worked for me, but everyone grieves differently and on their own timeline with stops and starts and lots of turbulence along the way. And that's okay. And one day, I woke up and maybe there was a little bit less weight on my chest, or maybe I was cleared-eyed enough to notice that the sun was out. And it got a little easier. And eventually, I kind of felt a little bit like myself again, but different. And I've come to learn that that's okay. And I want to say that for anybody else out there, you're okay, and it's going to be all right. And maybe this little voice memo is a little bit like the hug that you need today. This is Shadow Time. The radio station is BFF.FM. I'm Lily Sloan. And having a little trouble with words. <sighs> you just heard a voice memo sent in by Claire McDivitt, who is lovely, um, amazing person who is a friend of this of the show and who is on the board of BFF. And I'm just so grateful to to know. And before that, we heard from Christopher Wind, uh, formerly of Horizons on BFF. You can find so much more of that soothing voice in the archives. Thank you so much for sending that in, both of you. Um, and the songs you heard. Yeah, what did you hear? I played some music for you. You heard Just Make It Stop by Lowe because that's what we're playing today from The Invisible Way. And before that was Especially Me from Come On. I'd like to share um, another one of Emily's poems. There were two more, but I think there's only time for one more. So I'm going to share the last one that she recorded for me. And it's it's called Bone Matter. Um. Actually, her dad is the reason that I'm registered with the bone marrow registry. And if that's something that you can do yourself, I would highly recommend it. Um, at some point, someday, someone might need 
some of my bone marrow for a transplant that could save their life. And so knowing that I'm signed up there is is reassuring. But that also kind of brings me to, you know, another aspect of grief and, and loss that is hard to talk about, which is like when when things are happening, like when Emily's dad was was sick, you know, there were actions to take that seemed possible to me. Um, but when he died, I think I remember Emily saying to me, and I think she's listening and sorry, <laughs> sorry for this. Um, at some point asking me where I went and, but yeah, I remember that I think I did pull away and I think I've seen myself do that with other people in these moments too. And I think that's not uncommon, but it sucks. And it's really painful for the people who've lost somebody. I think it takes a lot to like, you know, I think there's griefs that we're kind of forced to confront and there's griefs that we find ways to run away from. And, you know, it's to be an incredibly boring and cliche. It's a process. But I think it's one that, you know, continues even, even about the griefs that you, you know, didn't confront when they happened. It's like they're always there. But I'm really glad that we're still friends and that I have the wonderful memories of Ken that I do and that I get to hear these poems and hear Emily share them. Here's Bone Matter. Okay, I think I'm actually going to do one more. Sorry, I hope this is okay. I'm like gnarring out here and just giving you like 20 poems. Um, I just want to give you stuff to choose from. Um, and I haven't read my poems in like so long and I'm like getting all into it now. Um, yeah, okay. This one, I don't think I've ever even read out loud, so I might hate it. I probably will hate it. They've got the stadium lights up along Stony Point, so everyone pacing the corn maze keeps at it, even after the denim haze murks identity. A dozen wicker chairs stacked in the back of a pickup heading up the road to mule raths, the sprawling vineyards starting to autumn. I don't know why I am reminded now of all times of the donor cells that failed. The patient donor meet cute on Instagram dulled the light figuring through bright ribs in my tracery. I merely grass, a flitting network scalding for endless caution to throw into some tangible spark amid this wilderness. Does your donor ever think of you, the stranger he never knew who he hoped his innermost matter would save? I imagine him in his hero mind, and that makes me happy, and shattered, and lustful for some truth that disarms the past from itself more tactfully than the grief bemoaning this epilogue. I know I am stale with longing, I know. Look at the line curling towards the corn maze, can you believe it? People just waiting to get lost, 
Some try the trick of wall following with a finger flush to the husk. Others roam for hours, pause on the center platform overlooking the great stalks to selfie, search for that perfect angle and light to preserve in time. The rows of glossy pumpkins behind them, the obnoxious KOA sign across the street just out of the frame.
You are listening to Shadow Time on BFF.fm. I'm Lily Sloan. That was Weight of Water by Lowe from Secret Name. And today we are celebrating, um, honoring, exploring grief, and also honoring Mimi Parker of Lowe, who died on Sunday. Um... God, I can't tell you how many times I've cried in this studio, (laughs) but this is number something. (laughs) Um, Thank you for listening. I'm so grateful also to Claire and to Christopher Wind and to Emily Jern Miller and to Al Letson for giving me voice memos and sharing their thoughts and poetry on grief. It's all poetry, really. No offense, Emily. I mean... Yours is actually poetry, but it's all poetry, right? Um, <laughs> um, it really meant a lot, means a lot to me to just kind of come in and get on the radio and make things and share music and feel these feelings and um, just let them, let them exist and let them be shared. So thank you for hanging in with those feelings too. And I hope you got something out of of that. I want to end in the beginning, which is what I said earlier in the piece I made about reflecting on grief was that I was listening my way backwards through Lowe's discography and um, I didn't. I haven't made it all the way through yet because it's it's a very large discography, but I've been listening to them a lot since Sunday. And so I want to end the show with the very first song on the very first album. Um, you, If you don't know Lo, you may know this song. I feel like this song is a little more out there in the world, but um, the song is called Words. Thanks for listening to Shadow Time. Come back next week.